0: Paul is making the proclamation because he says, if you're having sexual problems as a child of God, then pray to God so that He can give you a husband or a wife. But you cannot fornicate. Because the Bible says that no fornicator or adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. Very incredible teaching here concerning those that are single.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Continuing our study of 1 Corinthians, Raul will explore its clear call to honor the Lord in the area of sexual purity. You'll see that God has established definite boundaries to guard your heart, and whether you're married or single, you'll be blessed by staying within those parameters. We hope you'll stay with us today for encouragement to glorify the Lord with your obedience. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's teaching titled Christian Marriage.
0: If you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 7. As we continue our study through the Bible, it's pretty interesting as we've been studying the book of Corinthians, and now we come to the second part of the book. And Paul the Apostle has been dealing with the sins that were reported to be known in the Christian congregation. We know for sure that the Corinthian church was not only a mess, but it was a very cardinal church. Uh, They had not only problems with marriage, problems with food offered to idols, spiritual gifts, resurrection from the dead, and the ministry of offering for the Jews concerning grace and the law of God. And we keep in mind not only what Paul has been saying, but what he wants to share with us tonight. And in the seventh chapter of the book of First Corinthians, he's going to deal with a lot of issues concerning Christian marriage. Now, I know that there's a lot of times when we talk about marriage uh, by talking to so many people and counseling with so many people even here within the church. That we are having a very difficult time. Trying to keep a lot of marriages together, and what I have learned in counseling people is that a lot of times people don't want to obey the word of God, they want to obey their word, not God's word. And to me, it's amazing how many people divorce or they separate. Or they're looking for an excuse to get rid of their partner that God has given to them. Now if you're not a believer, then this doesn't really apply to you. Because Paul is going to be talking to those that are believers. Those that have received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And have received by the divine Holy Spirit regeneration. And then God says when you are born again of the Holy Spirit. Then you are accountable for your actions. In what you do. The decisions we make as believers. We are accountable So Paul the Apostle in chapter 7, beginning first of all with verse 1 through 11, he's going to be dealing with Christians married to other Christians. Not non-believers, Christian with Christians. He says in verse 1, Now concerning the things of which you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Now it's interesting because he's going to be dealing with celibacy. Those that first of all don't want to get married. But they want to have sex. And that's a real problem today. Because Paul the Apostle in chapter 5 and 6 already had been dealing with the problem within the Corinthian church. On fornication where a son-in-law was living together with his mother-in-law. You see? And so Paul is going to give advice to believers. Look, Paul gave advice in chapter 5 and 6. Look, if the guy is in the church and he and her don't want to repent, then what? Excommunicate him from the church until they repent. But don't allow such a sin in the church. Paul is making the proclamation because he says, if you're having sexual problems as a child of God, then pray to God so that He can give you a husband or a wife. But you cannot fornicate. Why? Because the Bible says that no fornicator or adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. See? Very incredible teaching here concerning those that are single." Look what else he says. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, because of fornication, here's the answer to anyone that is here tonight that is fornicating. Look what he says. Let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Why? That is God's order, you see? From the beginning of time before the law was ever given to Moses in Genesis chapter 2 verses 18 to the end of the chapter. The first marriage between Adam and Eve. God brought the woman to man. Man, Men and woman became married and they became intimate with each other. And God blessed that they became one instead of two people. So it's really important that we understand that when we talk to believers we give them the right counsel. God cannot honor anyone that wants to get married and is living in sexual sin. That's what Paul is teaching here. There was a great problem in Corinth. Concerning so many Christians living in fornication and adultery. And then Paul says this, verse 3. Now he talks to the husband. He says, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Now he's going to deal with the situation with the husband and wife sexually. How they're to be submitted to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, Colossians chapter 3, and then you have of course First Peter chapter 5 concerning marriage. Verse 4, The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Now, how many times does a husband or a wife use sex as a tool or an instrument of punishment against her husband or his wife? What does that do? It causes the husband or the wife to commit adultery. See, Paul is saying here. If you really love your wife and love your husband, then you're going not only to be submissive to the Lord, but you're not going to make them stumble sexually. Look what he says in the next verse. Verse uh, 5. Do not deprive or withhold sexual One from another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. And then come together again so that Satan doesn't tempt you because of the lack of self-control. Paul understands that everyone has lack of self-control. And so Paul here gives good advice to the Corinthian church. But he gives good advice to us today too. Look what else he says in verse 6. But I, Paul, say this unto you. Notice this as a concession or by permission, not as a commandment. This is my word. This is not God's word. He says, For I wish that all men were even as myself. But each one has his own gift from God. One in this manner and another in that. Hey, God has given some people the gift of singleness and others the gift of marriage. Paul the Apostle, it is believed because he was not only a rabbi, he was a Pharisee. He belonged to the Sanhedrin, the 72 men in the council of Jerusalem. That at one time, either his wife died, or his wife left him because he came to Christ. We don't know. But Paul the Apostle was single all of his life. And he gave himself to the Lord. And never remarried ever again. And it's so cool because he's even going to talk about remarriage here. Look what else he says here. Paul again speaking out. Verse 8. He says, But I say to the unmarried, those that are not married, and to the widows, your husbands died, it is good for them if they can remain even as I. If you don't have to get married, praise the Lord. God can use your life. Because sometimes marriage is a problem. You see? Paul gives advice. This is, this is not the word of the Lord. This is my advice to you. If you can be like me, single, and preach the gospel, and work for the Lord the rest of your life, hey, praise the Lord. It's good for you to do that.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Be sure to download our free app for convenient access to scripture-rich resources that will keep your eyes fixed on God and guide you in His ways. You can also visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. Now let's rejoin Raul with today's lesson, Christian Marriage.
0: Verse 9, But... If they cannot exercise self-control, then get married. You see? He gives good counsel. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. That's the answer to those that are single. That are lusting. You need to pray. That God will bring you the right mate so you can get married and you don't have to burn in passions. He said, well man, if I only had a wife, let me tell you something. Even after you get married, you'll still lust. If you don't bring your flesh under control. It doesn't matter if you're married or not married. We live in this tent, this tabernacle, which is a flesh. And as long as we are here in this world, you're going to have temptations. Satan is going to come against you. You have to reckon the old man to be dead. You have to crucify your flesh. See, Paul really gives good counsel here. Then he says this in verse 10. Not to the married I command; yet not I, but the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. This is what God says. A wife is not to depart from her husband. Now, he's not talking about separation here. The word to depart here in the Greek is literally divorce. A wife is not to divorce her husband. Watch what he says. Verse 11. But even if she does uh, divorce. Let her remain or married or be reconciled to her husband. As a husband is not divorced to his wife. Now Paul the apostle again. Why? In Malachi chapter 2 it says what? God hates divorce. God hates divorce. Paul the apostle and Jesus himself in Matthew 19. Talked about divorce when the Pharisees were asking the question. They said, hey Lord, what do you say about divorce? Now Moses said this, but what do you say? And Jesus said that the only way that anyone could legally divorce his wife or husband was because of infidelity. If somebody committed adultery, and yet God gave you the right to do what? To again like here, to reconcile or to forgive your partner and to get back together in that marriage. But if you didn't really want to do that, then He gave you the freedom to divorce. And when you get remarried, only in the Lord. If you did not commit adultery. You see? But... If you marry any other way and you marry somebody else, you're marrying under what? Under adultery. Pretty heavy, what he's saying here. A wife is not allowed to divorce from her husband. But even if she does divorce, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and a husband is not to be divorced from his wife. You see? Both ways. They're to stay together. Then look what else he does here. Verse 12. Now he's going to talk to the Christians that are married to non-believers. And that's a real problem sometimes in the church. You have a husband or a wife that is not a Christian. What do you do? If they say, I don't love you anymore. I'm going to depart. Forget you. I'm going to file divorce and I'm gone. What does the Bible say? Well, here's your answer. But to the rest... I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe, she's a not believer, and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. Stay with her. Why? Because maybe God will save her by your example. You don't use the excuse, well, my wife is not a believer, so I'm going to divorce her. No, stay with her. You be the example in the home. Verse 13. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. So vice versa. Verse 14 now. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified. It doesn't mean he's saved. Okay? No. He's set apart. Your house is what? Sanctified or set apart by God. Watch this. It's sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by her husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean. But now they are holy. Because there's one believer in the home. Guess what? The Lord oversees your children. Pretty cool, huh? This is amazing how God says it. So I think it's really important that we understand what he's saying here. If you're married to a non-believer, they don't want to go to church. They don't want to do all kinds of things. And if, you can, if there's no verbal, physical abuse in the home, and you're not being beat up by this person, but he's a good person, but he's a heathen, stay married. And you pray. You can always win people to the Lord by your life. More than words. More than words. And this is so incredible what God says here. Verse 15 But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart, a brother or a sister is not under the bondage, notice, to stay together in such cases, but God has called us unto peace. You have a husband or a wife, they're non-believers, and they said, I'm fed up, I'm going to go file, and they want to leave. Hey, you can't do anything about it. If they leave, God says what? You are free. You have not sinned. They made the choice. You see? God gives that right. Look what else he says in verse 16. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how will you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? But as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk, and so I ordain all in all churches this thing. You see, by your example... Your husband or your wife will be saved. That's what Paul is making the proclamation. Verse 18. Was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised to the Lord? Let him not be circumcised. You know when you come to the Lord whether circumcised right. It doesn't really matter. It's being born again of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. Circumcision is Nothing. Notice that. Obedience is the key. And uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandments of God is what matters. Underline that. It's obedience to God's word that makes you a Christian. Notice that. Verse 20. Let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. That is, if you were called to be single or married, remain in that call. He says, Where you call while a slave, then do not be concerned about it. But if you can be made free, then rather use it. I mean, if you're going to be a slave, for the speaking of course of the slaves in that time, if you're going to be a slave, then be a slave Christian in the home and serve your master and don't give him a bad time. And maybe through that, you'll bring him to the Lord. You see? And here a slave would be probably an employee today to your employer. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's free man. Likewise, he who is called while he's a free man in Christ a slave. He says, you were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. And now again, he brings the key to the gospel. And that's that. The key is redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. Look who paid for you. Look how much God paid for your life. The precious blood of Jesus Christ redeemed you. Brethren, Christians... Let each one remain with God in that state in which he was called. Hey, serve God by obedience. Don't get so caught up with all the issues of the law. And then he's going to speak in verse twenty-five to forty. Now to the unmarried Christians, first he considers the present circumstances in verses twenty-five to thirty-one. Look what he says: not concerning virgins. Virgins means literally here those women that are single and have never had any sexual encounter here. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in His mercy has made faithful or trustworthy. I suppose therefore that this is the good because of the present distress that is good for a man to remain as he is, single. You see? And here again, when he's, in verse 25, when he's talking about virgins, there are three interpretations. Number one is, Paul is talking to a father with virgin daughters. Secondly, Paul either is talking to those living together, but not having sex. This was common practice in Corinth. They would live under the same home, under the same roof, sleep in different beds, and not have sex. You see? And this is what Paul's talking about too. Or, we are uh, more spiritual, because we are virgins. And you can take whatever interpretation you want to take. We really don't know. But Paul is saying here, not concerning these virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made faithful. And then he talks about the issue. He says, verse 27, are you bound to a wife? Here it is. Then do not seek to be loose from your wife. Are you loose from a wife? Then don't seek a wife. You see, if God's given you the gift of singleness. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. Anybody has been married a long time, you know it's hard. It's a constant submission to the Lord. It's a constant praying, and it's two wheels working for one will. You see? And it's not getting my way or her way. But it's what? What does the Lord want? And it's so cool when two people can come together and say, You know what? Our wills go out the door, but we want to do God's perfect will. And whenever an issue comes up, as husband and wife, you get together. You discuss it. You pray through it. And then you come to an agreement together. Otherwise, you have a house that is divided. And your children will see it. Your grandchildren will see it. And God sees it. And then there's no peace in the home. You see? So here he's giving good counsel again. Verse 28. But if even you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she's not, has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh that I would spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they have no wives. Now, a lot of men say amen to that, but that's not what he's saying. <laughs> He's talking about the time is short. Okay? Time is short. So is he saying, okay, now that the Lord is coming, hey, neglect your wives, husbands, do whatever you want to do. You're free. No, that's not what he's saying. Men wish they were saying that. But that's not what he's saying. He's actually giving reference here to the context of the Lord's coming And how as a husband and wife, you both need to come to an agreement so you don't get bought down with your marriage and the things of this world, but looking to the Lord's coming. You see, both of you being used for the Lord. Because Jesus is going to come. And it's so cool because what God does here is He wants us not to be in bondage. But recognizing that if the Lord is coming, man, what a way to come, but to find my wife and I working for the Lord and doing His perfect will, and at the same time having a house, having a job, and whatever we have to do with our children grandchildren, but not making your children or grandchildren or your job your idol, and spending more time in that than looking for the coming of the Lord. We have to be careful.
1: We've seen today that God prioritizes purity and fidelity to a much greater degree than our society does. And it's important for us as Christians to guard against worldly influences. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's lesson, we'll send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for the lesson titled, Christian Marriage. Now, to help you stay in step with the Lord, we'd like to tell you about Rawls' four-part audio series titled Walking Righteously. It's a study pack that will challenge you to spend more time in the Word of God and in prayer so that you'll better be equipped to make God-honoring choices. As you learn to surrender your will and obedience, you'll also find that the Lord's eternal rewards will satisfy you far more than anything in this temporal life. To order Rawls' four-CD series titled Walking Righteously, Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send you this resource for a gift of $19 or more. Once again, that's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We are grateful for your partnership Your tax-deductible donations enable us to keep sharing Scripture's truth through these broadcasts. On the next Somebody Loves Your Radio, we'll grow in faith together as we apply our hearts to the hope and wisdom God has shared with us in His Word. I
0: am falling in love with you.
1: This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves Your Radio in Diamond Bar, California.